Synthaholics. Welcome to Synthaholics. This is your host, Aaron O'Brien and David Duncan. Hello, David. Hey, how's it going? Where's Shadow Mapes and you need her? She's gone. She's Damn. been dead for a while. Her body's cold. It's cold. Guys, did, you, did you just see that mess up on the uh, that I sent you as a picture from like it was like a picture from uh Clue. Clue. But they, yeah, it was, they said it was, it was made sh- from Clue. Yeah. <laughs> they said it was Shadow Mapes and I was like telling Aaron, it's like her she's all busting out of her top. And I'm like, yeah, see, yeah. I told you she was like the top concubine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, guys, we are talking about Dune. We are getting into chapter 25 and 26 of Dune. Uh, we are back in this chapter 25 with Paul and Jessica, and they get scooped up by Duncan Idaho and Dr. Kynes. Ooh, Dr. Kynes and, and Aquaman. Woo! Come on! So oh, uh, oh, what? But well, before we get into it, well, we saw the teaser for the trailer for the new movie. Yeah, I, yeah, it was. Uh, some pe- people leaked that, so it was pretty cool. It was a little different, wasn't it? I don't think it was the actual trailer. It's like I think it's the teaser for the trailer because like the full yeah. trailer is coming. But for whatever reason, this teaser isn't like super publicly available. It's on like some like shady website that was linked to yeah. Facebook. It was totally. It was like, yeah. really weird, but uh, in super low quality, but. It was like the box scene, like the audio from the box scene, but like yeah, just showing sure. up everything else. The and Reverend th- Mother and Paul and put your hand in the box. And they showed the ornithopter, which looked really fucking cool. Um, they showed like Duncan Idaho and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Duke Leto and they looked really cool. And like I love how it's just like like they hear this talking about the pain and, and like Paul's just breathing heavy over everything. And it, and now that we're kinda like getting close to the halfway point of the book and like Dune is nothing but pain for him and his family. <laughs> all this stuff like that. So, like, it's such, such a fitting scene. To I have, need my like, pain. I need my pain. <laughs> Captain Kirk as Paul Atreides. <laughs> they should have William Shatner play Paul Shatner's Atreides. Shatner's like, I can do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm you're, 86 you're years not... old. I will play a 15-year-old because I'm that good an actor. <laughs> no, because your ego's that big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, um, I, I think that'd be amazing. Uh, just a... a, a Shatner playing Paul. Uh, I was I was struck by the um, set designs are very very minimalist. Um, they're like almost uh, similar to you can look this up later like brutalism architecture, uh, just like very just square straight lines, no ornamentation to almost anything. You know, well, uh, hopefully Paul's bed will have ornamentation on it because they made a big deal of that in the book. Because there's got to be fishes in there and all sorts of other weird things. Place for Hunter's Secret to pop out of. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I thought it looked really good. Um, I think it's going to be exciting. I'm very excited to see how... I, apparently the trailer I, I saw somewhere online that's going to be three minutes long. Yeah, because this, this like, preview thing was like a minute and change, I think. 
Yeah, so yeah, I, that'll I, be cool. I can't I can't wait to see more. Yeah. I'm very excited. I mean like it, uh I, I just hope it, it pulls it off this time because 1984 Dune was, you know, it was it was a thing. Mm-hmm. It uh, was a thing. It looked good for its time. It just was uh, kind of weird. Quite, didn't it, quite deliver on the story afterward. They, <laughs> they, they, they did the setup good, but after that it just kind of fell like apart. The, the first hour is, is like basically straight out of the book except for cutting cutting here and there a couple, for like time. A couple spots cut out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, do we have a date yet for Dune twenty twenty? I, I have think, not heard anything. I think December eighteenth is. Um, is that still like a firm date? I keep hearing they're going to move that back. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on what uh, I, what I'm, COVID does. I mean, I guess what the what the uh, trailer. I'm guessing they'll have a date on the trailer. Maybe yeah, that's why the trailer's right. been delayed so long. I mean, if there's any addendum to the date, I'm sure it'll probably be on the trailer because that's like what they like to do on trailers. They like to like, oh look on this date, this movie's coming out. And I mean, uh, we've got drive-throughs here in Buffalo, New York, or I mean, we got a drive-through. Uh, one, yeah, one drive-through. <laughs> one yeah, drive-through. Yeah. And I mean, like uh, the rest of the world's handling the pandemic better than we are. So mm-hmm. I mean, they might just hope it it uh, you know does well internationally. I mean, I, I mean, I hope it does. I mean, I want to see this movie do well. I want to see them make sequels. I, I, I'd love to see Duke Leto the Worm. I mm-hmm. mean, this is going to be fantastic. Uh, I, I really want them to like finally get it right and be popular enough to go on because it's a. I'm really loving the book and uh, I, I want to see it take off. <laughs> Oh yeah, it'd be awesome, and it'd be great to see this as a some uh, franchise that picks up. It's all according to how it's uh, received, of course. Um, or if it I doesn't work that, as a movie, maybe transition it to a TV show. I don't know. That would be great if that was if that could be ha- that if that could happen. I know uh, we were talking about um, the movie, um, the Christopher Nolan movie Tenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that is officially out um, now. I guess, but obviously, we don't have any theaters that are open near us. <laughs> I wonder if the uh, drive-in will show it, because I just saw Spider-Man, the two new ones, Far From Home. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah, I I don't know. So um, it'd be cool if we could go see that, because I know they're supposed to do the the Dune trailer uh, open up for that movie. Oh, I don't know how that's possible, since Tenet's out and the Dune trailer doesn't come out for a couple days. Well, the Dune trailer won't come out to worldwide release to... to, you know, online basically hmm. till uh, till after it premieres on Tenet. Huh. So I'm surprised there isn't a bootleg of it up from someone. I'm sure Tenet. there is somewhere if we really want to search for it. But yeah, you know. it seems like Warner Brothers is like really cracking down too on this. So yeah. I don't know. See what happens. Yeah. Um, but anyways, let's get back to Chapter 25. We are uh, uh, we are still in the um, Paul and Jessica are running through the desert, and an ornithopter uh, uh, lands, and Duncan Idaho jumps out with Dr. Kynes, and they say there's a, a Fremen safe house that they can go uh, <coughs> hang out at. And uh, they see uh, Paul talks about over the over these uh, distant cliffs, there's these uh, laser guns uh, f- you know, going off. And Duncan Idaho kind of like, oh, wait to see what happens. All of a sudden, there's an atomic explosion. <laughs> because apparently he 
he put the shields on full power, and when the laser guns hit it, it just had a subatomic explosion. <laughs> and, that, um, and he's like, next time the Harkonnen's uh, Sarakar will think twice before using that there's their laser guns again. <laughs> Good old Duncan Idaho. Yeah. Badass. Being pretty cool. Uh, so uh, they get into this safe house. The safe house is actually uh, one of those environmental, the Imperial environmental um, control rooms, or what do we want to call them? Bases? That, yeah, that, uh, that Duke Leto was looking into. is like, yeah, the emperors. We can't touch those. <laughs> right, right. And even he talks about it, and he says, um, this is, he says, uh, when they get inside of it, and it says it's one of the Imperial Ecological Testing Stations my father wanted as an advanced basis. And then he, uh, Kynes kind of thinks, his father wanted? And then Kynes thought again, uh, I'm, foolish to, I'm foolish to aid these fugitives. Why am I doing this? It's it's be so easy to take them now, to buy the Harkonnen trust in them. So, oh yeah, he's uh, kind of trying to uh, guido it up uh, with the Harkonnens. Yeah, hey, uh, Baron, I got these, uh, got this Jessica and Paul in my, in my trunk. What you got for me? I got them duct taped and everything. <laughs> you can do whatever you want with that, Paul. I don't know. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm going to um, forget I had them. <laughs> and later on, they just realize here while they're talking here. So they're, um, uh, he said, um. Uh, he he then asked Paul. It says uh, you recognize this place correctly. He's, he, this was kind. Says you recognize this place correctly. Uh, for uh, what would you do this? Use this place, young Paul Atreides. And then Paul says to make this planet fit for humans. And then Kynes thinks perhaps this is why I helped them. I like this planet. I like this guy. This is a good guy. Maybe I won't duct tape him in my trunk. Maybe. I, I gotta be convinced even more. So, um, they also tell Kynes that uh, their proximity detectors are unable to mask, uh, they can't mask their generator equipment is broken, and uh, he says, Kynes asks if he can get it repaired, but the, the Fremen say, it's not quick, the parts, and, and Kynes goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, we'll do without the machinery. Get, get the hand pump out for air, air out the surface. And the man runs out to do that, and uh, Kind then uh, goes back to Paul and goes, "You gave a good answer." And Jessica then is like, "Well, yeah, he's a uh, he's doing good with these guys." And she realizes that Kinds uh, is the same person as Leet. So remember, Leet was like this, like, like well to do, yeah, yeah, the yeah. god, like kind of like super high up Fremen, and everyone's like, "Oh, Leet, Leet, Leet." So Liet is the his Fremen alter ego. Liet, Liet, Liet. He is made of clay. <laughs> um, so uh, he says, uh, uh, let's see, Jessica says, we're most grateful for your help, Dr. Kynes. And he goes, mm-hmm, we'll see. And then he nods to his men, spice coffee in my quarters, Shemir. Spike and, it with rum. Yeah, well, you don't need it because you're going to see through time and space once you drink that shit. Um <laughs> <laughs> They're just tripping balls after drinking coffee. Want to do a land? Uh, we're gonna do a line of pumpkin spice spice, and then uh, and yeah, yeah. then uh, drink our spice drink. Uh, at some point, he starts talking to Paul, and Paul says, "You will address me as sire or lord." So, Uh-oh. and and kinds like 
I don't know about this guy. This guy's got some balls, man. I don't know. Does he even have hair on the balls? He's like 15. I don't think he's got. I don't think you've got hair down there. <laughs> maybe, maybe when his third eye opened, is all this hair grew. He just grew immediately. It just, like it just all popped it. It's just like man, man, my uh, my uh, still suit's getting kind of full down there. It's kind of scratchy, mom. <laughs> mom, can you scratch me? <laughs> Get out of here, Paul. Um, so uh, uh, then. Uh, they start talking to, and uh, he wants Paul. Paul wants to get proof that the Sadakars are helping the Harkonnens. Because here's the thing: he's as he tells them, the whole lands red, uh, all the, all the you know, houses of lords and ladies and stuff like that. If they know that the Emperor just using his warriors to you know assassinate them, it kind of just like makes everyone a, a target. And so he's like, if they find out that the emperor is helping the Harkonnens to do this aggression against the Artrades, then the Landsred will rebel against the emperor and the Harkonnens. So we need proof that the Sardaukar is doing that. So uh, that, I mean, that's a very good point, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's let's get an insurrection against that emperor then, huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's kind of where he's going anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and Paul's, Paul's kind of like, uh, he's posturing himself as, you know, obviously the Duke, which, you know, makes sense because. His dad is dead, so. Uh, dad, he, he is the, he is the Duke now. The Duke. Um, but, uh, he, he's, but Kynes isn't like really like buying into it because he's like, you know, this is just a kid, you know, your, your balls haven't dropped yet, you know. So that and like they've he's got no actual power. The Harkonnens have just run through everything that they had. So I mean, like, yeah, he's like technically the Duke by blood since his father's dead, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got really nothing. Yeah, and and then yeah. So Paul then says he says uh, so after explaining the reason why he needs to prove because you know basically uh, you know this would create you know, chaos with the Landsrad. Uh, Paul says he, he's going to give the Emperor an ultimatum, ultimatum to prevent the chaos. Uh, since the Emperor has no son, Paul will be offered to wed his eldest daughter so he has right to the throne and ensure peace across the universe. So he's just going power play right to the top. Let's do it. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's seen the future. He's going to try and work out his plan. Yeah, but you know, obviously Paul right now needs all the help he can get and he's asking for kinds to help him and uh, he says uh, he he promises once he becomes in the power of the emperor that he will support Kynes dream in making uh, Dune Arrakis into a paradise. Paradise, yes. Yeah, and it, he unlimited coin to do that. And he's like, "Are you trying to buy me? Because Doctor Kynes Leah is not for sale." But it might work. <laughs> but it does sound tempting, your. Your 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 lord, my lord, sire, my lord, sire. <laughs> yes, do it. I have please. hard time saying that. Uh, anyways, um, but yeah, he says he's not for sale. But you know, he does saying like you know, hey, you know, uh, Paul's kind of like, hey, I'm not trying to buy you, but uh, you know, if this is overstepping, but I think this is important to you. And and the doctor Kynes is like, well, the Harkon has never apologized to me once. They always treat me like I'm some sort of an asshole. 
Yeah, because uh, you are, Dr. Kynes. But, you oh, know. hey, hey, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, so he he then changes. He says that he, uh, Paul changes his offer to him. It's like he will remain completely loyal to Kynes and defend him, you know, to his life. Uh, to, you know, to his own life for he's his like, life. Yeah, he's like, I, I would give my life for you. Right, and so, uh, that's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty grown up for a fifteen-year-old who's seen the future and wants all the stuff to get done. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know there's a lot of things to be taken in consideration there. Um, so uh, yeah, so after that happens, all of a sudden uh, they realize that something's gone wrong because uh, Duncan Idaho comes. Uh, uh, in the doorway, and he's defending them. <laughs> he's he's fighting with Sardaukar warriors through the door, and he's all beat up, and he's got his shield on too. And uh, Kynes and Paul jump up, and they slam the door, and basically, like this is this is where we we say goodbye to Duncan Idaho. Oh no, Duncan! And Idaho. they bolt and they and they bolt the door shut on Duncan too. So we barely knew you, Duncan Idaho. He was such a good guy. Everyone loved him. Everyone loved him, and like you know, other than the time he was drunk, that was that was the most we saw of him when he was drunk. Yeah, I know, right? That's the only time we really got a good chance to um, get get to know him. And yeah. it says uh, so after they uh, it says the door was closed and came a, a snick as Kynes drew the bolts. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right, exactly. <laughs> um. Uh. And he says, I appear to have decided, Kynes says. So he's decided to, to uh, pal with Paul now because he has no choice. Uh, and Paul says, someone detected your machinery before it could be shut down. And then uh, Kynes says, I should have suspected trouble when the coffee failed to arrive. Service here is terrible. Damn coffee. Spice coffee. We could have been tripping balls right now. I know. It's uh, time and space. Time and space, my lad. Time and space. So uh, they open this filing cabinet, and this opens a, a back door to a tunnel. And um, when they walk through, it's basically like a maze that has these like glow-in-the-dark arrows. And as you walk through past the arrows, the arrows disappear. Mm. So it's like this like maze underground. I mean, who the hell knows where that came from, you know? Uh, the one day someone was tripping balls, like, I can make these awesome arrows that disappear when you walk past them. <laughs> But basically, on the other side of this maze uh, they go through is an ornithopter, and uh, so he's uh, so the he basic says, "You two, you gotta go. You gotta get out of here. Get out of here. These guys are gonna kill you." And um, Paul's like, "Well, you know what? What about you?" He says, "I'll try to escape another way. If I'm captured, well, I'm still the imperial paleontologist. I can say I was your captive." And uh, and Jessica and him take off, and um, and he says, "Duncan's dead, Paul. You saw the wound. There's nothing we can do for him." And uh, and says, "I'll take." Uh, I says, and Paul says, "I'll take uh, full payment of uh, for all of them one day." Paul said, and he says, "Not unless you hurry, kid." So he takes off, and uh, his mom's like, "Well, what, are we, what what about Kynes?" He says, "He's like a guerrilla warrior. He's he's gonna you know he, if he doesn't know where we are, he can't tell where we went." Exactly. So uh, they get into um, uh, they get into the ornithopter and it takes off. And um, it, oh, Kynes tells him there's a sandstorm coming, 
and they could ride above if they kind of like bank up above it they could probably just ride on top of the sandstorm and and it'll kind of cover their ass and they'll be they'll disappear so they'll be um, assumed dead Right, because sandstorms can rip apart ornithopters and you know rip you know flesh off people in in minutes because the it's 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 the sand is that powerful and the wind blows that hard. So it's like moving sandpaper. Yeah, it's like sanding paper times a million grit. Um, so um, you'll the be so smooth afterwards. <laughs> your bones will be smooth. <laughs> Like smooth stones. Uh, mm. they, they take off for the ornithopter, uh, Paul and Jessica, and in the sandstorm, and the Harkonnen start firing missiles and artillery at them. And uh, he, they, they do seem to get away from that, and they fly into this uh, s- sandstorm. And uh, uh, Jessica's trying to keep her uh, keep calm, so she starts doing the Bene Gesserit uh, litany while she's doing it. And then even Paul starts doing it, too. <laughs> And they get chased into with ornithopters, and um, uh, but they they seem to uh, have it, it's pretty rocky at first, so they are pretty scared while they're doing it. Uh, but um, we will find out that later on they did survive by keeping somewhat above that that sandstorm. They fly sideways through it or something. <laughs> sideways, kid. Sideways. That way it uh, doesn't hurt the wings so bad. Yeah, so uh, now we get into chapter 26, and this one's a little different because we are with the Harkonnens again. Uh, The Baron is in his uh, suspending sleep bed, and his new captain, uh, Nephid, comes in. And he's like, they're all dead, Baron, don't worry. The the woman and the boy are certainly dead. So did you see the body? Well... (laughs) They went in the sandstorm, so, like, there's no body to be found. They're dead. Did you find some smooth bones? No. Smooth bones. I'm the Vladimir Harkonnen. Smooth bones mean they go home. Um, no, so Nifa's basically like, I didn't see the bodies. No, but come on. Could they actually live through that? And Baron's like, mm, I guess not. I guess. So, but you can't trust it. Can't right. trust it at all. So, and then uh, Nefed also tells him that uh, Doctor Kynes is in their custody now. So this is jumping head just slightly forward. Uh, so they must the uh, Sarkar warriors have uh, grabbed Kynes after they um, after Paul and Jessica escaped. And uh, but uh, but the Baron wants Nefed just to kill um, Kynes and make it look like an accident. Because obviously he's protected by uh, the the emperor, and then Nefid says, and also Baron, we've picked up Howit Thufer, the mentat of Paul or of uh, Duke Atreides, Leto Atreides. Well, I, my he, Duke Atreides just killed my mentat. Maybe I can make this new guy my mentat. Mm. Yeah, so he's uh, he's like, hmm, mentats are hard to come by. <laughs> So maybe I'll do that. So maybe if I seduce him, I'll show him some leg. So he's and the way he's going to actually seduce him is two twofold. One, he's going to still play up the the angle that Jessica was the traitor and tell him that Doctor Yui was just killed in the uh, invasion or or what have you. So that there there was no connection with uh, Yui and the Baron. That it's all Jessica. So uh, he'll be angry uh, that 
obviously Jessica did this, but then also he can play on the fact that the Duke was so stupid about this woman that he loved that she could have, that he was blinded by his emotion, that he picked the wrong people to serve. And the other thing he's going to do is have Nifid give him a little bit of poison and the antidote. So it's in his bloodstream and that they, one day they can stop giving how the antidote and he'll die. So they'll be, he'll be under their control. Well, that's just so much fun. <laughs> I don't, don't you just want to be the Baron's friend? He's yeah. He sounds like he's be great, right? <laughs> yeah, no, right. It's just like you know, uh, you know, I'll just uh, poison you to death, and then uh, I'll stop curing you one day. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so basically, he's going to try to you know slowly woo uh, Thufer into a service of uh, the Baron, and probably there's a lot of information that he could uh, get out of Howitt as well if he slowly uh, gets him it programmed into believing, into siding with uh, with the Baron. Uh, so It'll get you drunk. It'll <laughs> get you drunk. So, so, uh, so the Baron gets rid of Nifa and says, you know, all right, get rid of him. And then he brings his nephew Raban into uh, his room. And, uh, he, the Baron thinks that Raban is a, a muscle brain, uh, tank, uh, a muscle minded tank brain. So he's just a big hulking massive person who doesn't think so hard of things. I don't and, brain so good, Duke. Uh, and and uh, yeah, the Baron tells the uh, Raban that all the Atreides are dead, and the planet is now under his com- his command. And um, he uh, Raban is to uh, squeeze the planet's uh, five million inhabitants for all they're worth. I hope Danny <laughs> DeVito plays Raban in the new movie. No, he's uh, <laughs> no, he's played by the guy from uh, playing Drax. Drax. Oh, I thought Drax was a uh, uh, Baron Elkonen. No, that's um. Oh God, who's Harkonnen? Ah, freak! I I'll think of it here in a second. Damn it! I was just looking at his IMDb, but it's not him. Um, so he starts telling Raban basically. You know why you have to squeeze these people so hard for every last b- bit of uh, spice out of this and he's like no why he's like because this invasion cost us so much damn money and uh he says even if you squeeze this uh this planet for what did he say 60 years <laughs> you, we'll be we'll, good we'll, to make it will be good to be breaking even we'll we'll just break even says uh if you squeeze our records for every cent it can give us for 60 years we'll just barely ba- uh, break uh uh, barely repay us and uh and he's like <laughs> Raban's mouth opens and closes while speaking he's like <gasps> well at least i'm good at squeezing it and uh squeeze it baby uh the barons then goes uh he starts talking about the spacing guild and says that the damn guild's monopoly on space it, uh, would have ruined us if i hadn't planned this for ex- expense long ago uh, you should know, Raban, that we uh, that we bore the entire brunt of it. We even pay for the transport of the Sardaukar. So the Baron, this is how much he's willing to, you know, spend money on all that. Uh, so it's pretty crazy. Um, the Vladimir Harkonnen is played by uh, Stellan uh, 
Skarsgård. It's it's big. If you know the guy from Thor who played the the older professor, did you watch the Thor movies? Yeah. He got taken over by um, Loki in the first movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So he's going to be playing the Baron. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so they're um, they spent a lot of money, and so Raban's like, okay, so um, we we need to make a lot of money. So doesn't uh, seem worth it. Sixty years to recoup everything. That doesn't that doesn't seem like a really smart investment. Right, I know, and I know it's mostly out of revenge. But I mean, it is a power play, of course. So, um, but they—he gave up Arrakis just to take it back. Well, that was the that was the uh, emperor, 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 and the emperor did that too because he wanted to get the Duke Leto out of the way because he's becoming too popular in the Landsrad, and he was afraid that he might lose something from the, uh, uh, he might lose power to to the Duke Leto. That's part of it. Wow! Look how popular Duke Leto was. No one came to his rescue. Hey, go kill that boy! Eh? Well, that was the other thing. Remember, there's like nobody's coming to save us. You know. Um, nope. The other thing is, Raban keeps on saying, "Well, what about the Fremen?" He says, "There's more. I think there's more people on this planet." He goes, "Ah, oh, Fremen are just like desert rats. What are we even worried about them for?" And he's like, "I." The Sardaukar said they fought them and they like killed a whole bunch of Sardaukar. And he's like, "What?" The Fremen? He said, they were just Atreides dressed like Fremen. He's like, okay. But the Sardaukar want to hunt the Fremen. And then uh, the Duke's like, fine, let them hunt the Fremen. They'll get them out of my way for a while and I can take, I can get rid of Kynes and I can take Howitt for myself. So, yeah, whatever works, you know? And, um, yeah, so so that's... Um, uh, basically says uh, two things from Arrakis then Raban, income and merciless fist you must show no mercy here think of these clods as what what they are, slaves, envious of their masters, waiting only uh, waiting only the opportunity to rebel, not even the slightest vestige of pity or mercy must be shown to them and then Raban goes can one exterminate an entire planet? and the parent goes whoa, 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 exterminate <laughs> Who said anything about exterminating? He says, well, I presume we're just going to bring in a new stock. And he says, I said, squeeze, nephew, not exterminate. Don't waste a population. When they squeeze things, they pop. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I will pet it, and I will love it, and it will be my pet. And it will pop when I hug it too hard. Um, It says, merely drive them to utter submission. Uh, You must be a carnivore, my boy. And he smiled... uh, and he says a carnivore never stops. Shows but I'm no mercy. vegan. <laughs> Shut up, Rabadi. You know you're not vegan. You're too big to be vegan. <laughs> I eat lots of Cheez-Its. Yeah, I guess. Um, it can only def- be defeated by the stomach rumblings of its hunger, by the uh, by the throat crying of its thirst. You must be always be hungry and thirsty. The Baron, uh, the Baron, uh, crest his bulges beneath his suspenders like me. And then he says, "I see, my lord," and. Um, uh, then he says, uh, everything clear? And he goes, uh, except one thing, the planetologist, Kynes. He goes, yeah, Kynes. He says, he's the emperor's man, my lord. He may come and go as he pleases. He's very close to Fremen. Married one, actually. And Kynes says, Kynes will be dead by tomorrow's nightfall. And he's like, that's dangerous. He's an imperial servant. 
And he says, he says, how do you think I've come this far this quickly? The Baron demanded. And um, he says, besides, you, ne- uh, you never have uh, fear kinds would, uh, um, would have left uh, Rackus. You forget he's addicted to the spice. So he's he basically it's got to stay. Um, and then uh, he dismisses uh, Raban. And then he, th- he thinks to himself, you know, of, of Raban says that uh, muscle minded tank brain says they will. Um, uh, this is the Baron thinking says they will be a bloody pulp here when they are through uh, when he's through with them. Then I will send uh, send F- uh, Fade to take the load off them and they will cheer their rescuer, beloved Frey, uh, Fade, uh, benign Fade, uh, compassionate one who saves them from the beast. Fade, a man who, to fall uh, to fall and to die for. The boy that uh, the boy will know uh, by the time how to uh, to oppress with impunity. I'm sure he. Uh, I'm sure he's the one we need. He'll learn. He's such a lovely. He has such a lovely body. Really lovely boy. <laughs> and that's how the chapter ends. <laughs> he's got this really awesome like plastic thong. It's just like the best. <laughs> So I hope they keep the plastic thong in the new movie. I got one thing is like why wouldn't the Harkonnens just bear, marry Fade to the to the Emperor's daughter? because uh, uh Baron Harkonnen wants him for himself. I'm just saying you would have solved a lot of problems right there. I mean like Duke Duke marrying Jessica to solve problems. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? She's a hardcore. She's direct descendant of Baron Arkham. Well, that would have yeah, but they didn't know that at the time. But I'm um, pretty sure if they, I'm pretty sure if they would have gotten married, it would have come out. They do ancestry.com. Come on, yeah, come, um, on. come on, uh, Dave. Your impressions on these two chapters? Uh, I mean, it's it's just really cool seeing uh, Paul all like. I'm a man now. I'm 15, and I speak like a man. I look like a boy, even though my hair is a fool. Uh, down, down low, so full. Um, but yeah, just like he's so he's pretty ballsy. Just like he's like, because in the previous chapters he was just like, I, I figured out the path. Oh, I, I see all these different paths. I got to figure out which one I want to take. And then he's like, Yeah, I'll straight up die for you, Doctor Kynes. He, he must have seen Doctor Kynes was just gonna die if he made him. Yeah, he's like, Don't worry, that guy's gonna die. He's like, He's like, I don't have nothing to worry about. I'll I'll, I'll be fine. Just give me your ornithopter. <laughs> give me your ornithopter, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. He did the old uh, Terminator move on him. Yeah, he did. Uh, um, Dr. Kine stuck a cigar in his chest and he didn't even blink. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty badass little 15-year-old kid. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. And, like, you know, the Harkonnens are, are, are creepy as ever. Um, mm. <laughs> it's just so sad. We've gotten way more time with the Harkonnens than we've gotten with Duncan Idaho. I, I I really wonder how Duncan Idaho is gonna like be in the movie because Jason Momoa is like pretty big actor now and he's got like five minutes of dialogue and he's dead now. I do wonder if they're going to like give him more robust scenes and a couple more lines than in the book. So I mean, they're, they're supposed to be expanding Lady Lady Jessica's role a lot too, and Lady Jessica has a lot compared to him. Yeah, as she's it, as it is yeah. in the book. So I just right. I, I'm very curious to see how all this is gonna go and. With all this expansion they're doing, I wonder if if two movies is going to be enough for them to add all this stuff for yeah. these these characters to make them bigger 
and still right. tell the story as it is. Uh, how about you? Um, yeah, I, I love the scene with Kynes and Paul and their back and forth. Uh, I thought that was great because obviously Kynes, um, you're playing on his turf and uh, he knows that um, Paul's, you kind of, Paul and Jessica are in trouble and he's even questioning why am I helping these people, of course, you know, because it's like, oh man, like, we could be in a lot of trouble here just by helping them. And I think, um, I, I think his love of Arrakis and the Freeman are, is what really gets him, uh, to decide with Paul more than anything. Cause he, he's already seen Paul's has an affinity to a lot of things and he's astute and he's, he's different than the Harkonnens. Harkonnens were brutal when they ruled on the planet for 80 years before the Atreides. So he sees a totally different thing and maybe sees a path of something else. You know, obviously he's, he's thought in the past that he might be the quiz of Hatterach, mm-hmm. you know, the shortening of the way kind of thing. So yeah, they did. He didn't really mention that in this, Sequence. No. So, uh, but he has mentioned that before in the past. So he is, does is inclined to be more favorable toward him. Right. Exactly. So, so there's a, there's a possibility there that he's keeping open. Um, so that that was cool. And obviously, Paul and Jessica um, riding the Ornithopter into the sandstorm uh, is probably a terrifying moment. And uh, I thought that was kind of. It was well played in the book because Paul's trying to seem like he's confident, but then even he's doing the Bene Gesserit litany, so he won't get himself so freaked out. Yeah, Paul Paul gets scared a bunch in these in these upcoming episodes where he yeah. he loses his focus, yeah, a lot actually, which is kind of weird since considering he's like basically snapped into like God mode and where he's like seeing the future, and now all of a sudden he's he's getting scared a lot. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Happening in the present. Um, then the next chapter with the Baron and Nephod and and uh, Raban. I, I, the only thing I always hate in all these these books and stories is that the the villains are always uh, surrounded by complete nincompoops. Um, you know, it, <laughs> it it could be part of the thing of why you know you're you're so evil to everyone that you've killed all your good people or or or, or the good people have left you. You know, sort of like Trump, you know, like all the people have left, you know, all you're surrounded by nincompoops, you know, kind of thing. I, I mean, so, I, I guess. I mean, that's, that's a very possible uh, thing. I always think of Skeletor and He-Man, Masters Universe. Yeah. He, he always had like the, like, he had all these like villains and they're all like complete morons. And oh, He-Man just I, always like got rid of them. And he's like, God darn you, He-Man! I think, I think it's necessary because when you're so bad and mm-hmm. and uh you need no one to question you, you need the dumbest people around you. You need yes men and yes men usually aren't the brightest. Or or they are so cowardly they don't stand up for what they believe in. There's that, uh, there's that too. I mean, uh the perfect example too uh, is just look at Rick uh, Berman and I mean I mean Rick McCollum <laughs> and George Lucas. At the, in, the star, in the Star Wars movies, well, like, I was going to bring up Joseph Stalin, how he killed all his uh, his generals uh, during uh, World War II. And so when when the Nazis were uh, invading into the Soviet Union, which they promised the Stalin that they he, they would never, Hitler told Stalin, oh, "I will never invade 
Russia. Don't ever worry. I'll never do it. And yeah. then, and then everyone's like, uh, uh, Stalin, the Nazis tanks are like all on our border. They're ready to invade any minute. He's like, pish posh. He told me he would never do that. It's like, no, it really looks like they're going to invade like any minute. We really should do something. It's like, shut up you to the gulags. <laughs> Die, motherfuckers! Well, and then, you know what, and then you do invade, you know. So. You know, you know what is is awful. Uh, mm. I was watching this history documentary series uh, on Netflix, and uh, apparently Stalin was trying to uh, ally with the Allied side, and they said, "Nah, fuck you." Well, yeah, because he was he was making concessions with Hitler for a long time, and he was like, "Well, you know." You know, I mean, I'm friends with Hitler. I'm friends with Hitler. I'm not going to help you guys. And then all of a sudden, Hitler invades Russia, and he's like, "Oh fuck, well, no, I need no, help!" But, like before World War II broke out, he wanted to be on the Allied side, and oh, like really? I wonder if like just Europe saying "fuck no" to him and all this stuff like that, um, and and the switching of the presidency also because there's like all the stuff worked out, and then the presidency switched, and the guy came after. Uh, toward the end of World War Two, was just, like screwing everything up and just like getting in Stalin's face and just like because mm-hmm. the uh, I can't remember who was the first president. I, I'm bad with. Oh, you're talking about Lenin? No, American presidents. Oh, American president. Because uh, when they were trying well, to make- it was Roosevelt uh, during World War Two, uh, and then and, then, the, and Truman was yeah, after. Truman. Truman started messing everything up. Like he was like going back on all the deals. Yeah, Truman, yeah, Roosevelt and and uh, Stalin made a bunch of deals, and then Truman was like, yeah, fuck that guy. He, he, back, he backed out. I mean, like, you know, like, we created our own enemy. Or, oh, yeah. I mean, like, totally it's just true. it's just absolutely ridiculous that we've got all this, like, stuff going on with Russia. Because, first of all, the European allies said, fuck you to Russia, which, you know, you know, made things bad. And then, so, because Europe said, fuck you to them, they went with Germany. Um <laughs> be on the yeah, Nazi no. side and then the Nazis turned on him and then we made deals with them and then we went back on our deals with them I mean like well, we and, and, yeah and but just just remember that's the Soviets were never very good people period they I mean Stalin was a monster even before the Nazi uh thing started so sure, <laughs> he just sure he was he was a complete lunatic I'm, I'm, even not, right I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he was a great person but it, from the, this documentary why it just seemed like he didn't go back on his deals and he made them with other other leaders no, he was. Yeah, you're everyone, right about that. He everyone double crossed him. Yeah, and yeah. he was supposedly the maniac, crazy asshole. I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm just saying that it seemed like he held to his word better than anyone else when he yeah. was the one that was like this, you know, always like downplayed. Which is yeah, which is, which is kind of insane that like you know, just so much history is just like kind of lost in mainstream in a lot oh, of ways. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot and, of stuff that that in you know that how you know the the Nazis uh, scientists like a bunch of them went to America, a bunch of them went to the Soviet Union, you know, and we used them for a rocket program, space program, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so. nukes. I, it's, just, it's, it's 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 just so crazy that the, how the history worked out, and it's just like like we're still we're, we're we're still like you know reaping the terrible things we sowed back then by being by being dicks to some yeah. people. I mean, yeah. like, if we would have just been nicer, maybe we wouldn't have had the Cold War with Russia. Maybe we wouldn't be so, like, I don't know, maybe things we, we'd have better relations with some other country. It's just Well, remember, too, that there, a lot of capitalists were extremely 
terrified of the idea of communism. So, oh yeah. But um, yeah, so the Baron has uh, Nifud and Raban surrounding him. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, he, just, he 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 hired the yes man. Yeah, of course well, he did. Nifud for sure, because he's like, oh, I I can know how to control him. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyways, uh, interesting stuff. Um, it's cool to see this, you know, everything kind of like Paul and Jessica are still on the run and, uh, you know, they still have to make, um, roots with the Freeman to get, um, to get footing against, you know, um, the Harkonnens and ultimately the emperor. Roots in space. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anything else that you want to bring up about this? Nah, nah, uh, it's it, it's good. I can't wait to get further into Dune. Can't wait to get into the next books. Can't wait for the movie to come out. Just really hope it's going to be good. And and you know we, we might make it to the halfway point, or at least at least as far as the movie's going to go. I I mean um, honestly, Dave, we are pretty much halfway through this book about now. I mean not maybe not exactly halfway, but we're about. As close as we're gonna get. We're pretty close to halfway, so I mean, like you know, if they if they did the movie and they're you know like uh, the the little things that have come out saying like uh, they're comparing Duncan Idaho's death to Boromir's death at the end of Fellowship of the Ring, uh, they're trying to make like a big deal. Because um, mm-hmm. in the book, I mean, it, it's I mean like it's heroic, but it's not like yeah, they, he dies and they're just they're just running through that maze and they're not, like you're like yeah, Duncan Idaho's dead, our best friend. That's getting the ornithopter, you know. Oh, wow. Whatever, dude. Someone will save his body and his consciousness, and he'll come back later. It'll be fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I we'll have to that works. Yeah, I don't know exactly. I've, I, you know, I read Dune Messiah, but it was so long ago, I can't remember all the details, because I know they kind of go into it a little bit, but yeah. um, it's been too long. I, we'll have to just reread it at some point. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for all, all things doing. I just really hope uh, everything works out with the movie. Yeah, me too. Because it would be exciting if they could go forward and do more movies in the in the in the future. I mean, it's it's a great, um, it's a great franchise, and it's you know eager to be developed. So, oh, absolutely. And there's so many Doom diehards. So hopefully it'll work out. But it's got to appeal. That's that's the problem. No matter how many diehards you have, it's got to appeal to the general audience to make money. So hopefully, it'll 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 the trailer will be snappy and it'll get people interested in it. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, let us know what you think about uh, our read along with Dune. Uh, hit us up if you want. If there's corrections or something we missed or something we should be talking about more, uh, you can email us at our email address at uh, synthaholics at yahoo.com. You can hit us up at our Facebook group, uh, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash synthaholics. Uh, you can tweet at us at synthaholics duo. Uh, you can even hit us up on Instagram. Our Instagram tag is uh, synthaholics.podcast. And uh, if the show is something you'd like to support, please go to our Patreon, Patreon forward slash Synthaholics. We greatly appreciate any monetary donations. And hey, if you can't do any of that, uh, leave a review on uh, what 
usually it's going to be uh, Apple Podcasts, but it could be anything else. It could be, uh, what is it, Stitcher has them. And, Stitcher, uh, you can go on uh, the old Reddits and review us there. Oh, yeah, Reddit would be a great thing to just uh, yeah. put out. And, and obviously just, uh, you know, tell people, tell your friends, tell your uh, classmates before they get COVID uh, that, hey, listen to Synthaholics while you have COVID. And hopefully you'll make it through. Absolutely. Uh, we can't promise you that we will cure COVID, but we can help uh, – it's past the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, <laughs> until that uh, next week, we get into chapter 27, and we'll be reading more Dune. So join us then. Until then, the spice must flow. Daddy Mapes is going to have so much spice. Shit off pants. You're the best drinking friend I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> that old mip's never going away. <laughs> she lives forever. She gets re- she gets reborn as many times as Duncan I know. She's the real power behind Dune. Uh, Shut it, some- Somebody posted on that Dune 2020 that that uh, the original woman, um, I forgot her name, uh, Helen, not Helen Hunt, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Helen Hunt? Uh, the the original woman, yeah, the original woman who played uh, Shadow Mapes. She's and, still uh, alive? Yeah. She was ancient in 1984. I know. Uh, or she looked ancient anyway. It was, who the fuck is it? Why is it not telling me? I see pictures of her, but they're not telling me. Oh, Linda Hunt. Oh, just 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 uh, just like Helen Hunt's older sister, aunt, cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Linda Hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Someone's like, why couldn't she just reprise the role? I'd be like, <laughs> actually, that would be pretty brilliant because they could get her to still do that same part. Well, they, I mean, it's not a very big part. <laughs> I know. And actually, tell you the truth, I mean, it was over the top her her performance, but I thought it did pretty good. You know. For that, for that small part she played. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I am the Shadow Mapes. I am the Shadow Mapes. <laughs> I mean, all day and all night. 